Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Taylor Johnson Podcast. I'm Taylor Johnson. I'm a stand-up comedian, speaker, and author. I wrote a book called In the All Together, Trusting God with All We Hide from the World. Each episode, uh, I have a conversation on an uncomfortable topic. The conversation can be silly and fun and lighthearted. It can also be serious and serious. I don't know. I felt like I needed to introduce myself again because I legitimately think this is going to be one of the best episodes of the podcast. It's going to be a great episode for people to share with people who've never heard the show before because legitimately, honestly, it's a really great one. So I hope you're ready. I hope you've done some stretches. I hope it's been at least 30 minutes since you've eaten. You are surrounded by your friends and family because this is going to be a really great episode. But before we get to anything else, every week on the show, I give a call to check in on my friend, Glendon. So let's call him right now. Hello? Hello, Glendon. How are you doing? What's up, Taylor? I'm so glad you called. Are you really? <laughs> yes, I am. I need your help. What? Okay. Oh no. What's going on? <laughs> I need your help. I need to find a new Chinese uh, delivery restaurant. Oh, wh what's wrong with the Chinese delivery restaurant you got now? And actually, maybe that is what I need help with. And you can tell me if I do need one. Okay. Um, so we use this local place we have for years. And there's a gentleman who answers the phone. And he talks really fast, and that's fine. But he interrupts everything you say oh. with, what else? Yeah, that, okay, else? that's stressful. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, thank you. It's stressful. I know what I want to order. I know before I call him. I'm yeah. ordering general chicken with fried rice, crispy honey chicken with fried rice. What do else? not do that. <laughs> do not do that. I know my entire order, but when you say what else, you're interrupting me. It's like he's not giving you a chance to prove how prepared no, you are. No, and And trust me, I've tried different methods. And I was like, okay, this guy's in a weird Seinfeld mood where I have to order the way he wants me to order. So uh -huh. I was like, okay, I'll just order really fast. Yeah. So I tried that one time. General chicken with fried rice, crispy honey chicken with fried rice, two orders of crab puffs, a cup of hot and sour soup. But like I even like I start to stumble and mm. then like and he's still saying what else? Like whenever I'm doing that really fast. And so I was just like, OK, that's just him. And then one day, <laughs> one day I would he did it. And I was just like, can I just tell you something? I was like. You oh, no. Me. Oh, no. I did. Oh, no. I said, you're interrupting me every single time I try to order the next item. I was like, if you just listen, I'm going to tell you what else. And I oh, was like, man. but you interrupt me and it makes me pause. So it takes longer for me to order. Oh, sir, sir. I'm so sorry. I really, I apologize. I apologize. I don't know I don't how know. to help you. It, it's time to move on. Thanks for the it's help. It's time to Taylor. move. It's time for you to move yeah, to a new city. Yeah, we're just gonna move. We're moving to Kansas. Hey, coming up here. You, yeah. Hey, oh man. Yeah. Hey, move to Kansas so your daughters can be in my youth group. Oh my gosh, that would be so wild. Um, so how's it going? I'm do. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I uh, went to a counselor today. I went. Oh, really? to, I had my first appointment. With a counselor here in Wichita. Awesome. And, How did uh, it go? It went well. I uh, forgot that like the first session isn't really like a real session. It's just kind of like an info gathering, like introducing yourselves and they introduce themselves. And so like I went in there prepared to like get get deep and to just like uh... go for it. But I, and I did, I, like, I was like, hey, let me be honest about it. Here's every, here's all of the reasons why I'm coming to you. And I, you know, let it all out. And, uh, but then it was just kind of like getting to know each other. And then I'll go back in two weeks for the first like real session. 
How did so? How did you find? How did you find? How did you find your counselor? How did you find your? Well, so that's the thing that I did that was actually pretty cool. Is that uh, first I just like Googled uh, counselors in Wichita. And then I found a database of a bunch of counselors here and I was going through it and I was scrolling through and it was kind of weird because it felt like Tinder for counselors because I'm looking at everyone's picture and I'm just like staring at it like, is this someone that I could share my deepest, darkest secrets with? Is this someone who I want to like look in the eye and say, you know, every terrible thought I've ever had or or whatever, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm just scrolling through and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. A lot of them just look like very nice older church ladies. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, you're not for me. I saw one girl who was uh, probably around my age and really attractive. And at first I was like, ooh, what's your deal? But then I was like, (laughs) no, that's the worst reason to go to someone for counseling. (laughs) Uh, I saw a lady uh, who had a puppet in her profile picture and I was like, okay, what's this about? And then I saw that it was for children and I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. But I found three or four people that I was interested in. Like they seemed, you know, um, qualified in the areas that I wanted to talk about or whatever. So I took their profiles and I sent them over to my friend Micah, who is in the counseling field. And I just mm-hmm. asked her, you know me, you know counseling so much better than I do which one of these would you pick for me? And she talked me through, you know, what she saw in each one. And then she was like, I think this guy would probably be the best fit for you. Really? So I was like, all right, here we go. Let's go do that. And what's awesome is Micah Carney is my friend. And she is actually the interview on this week's episode of the podcast. And we are talking about the importance of counseling and even how to find a counselor that's a good fit for you. Dude, look at that. Look at how that works. Look at how that ties in. Wow, yeah. Just I was no, timing. I was just thinking, like, how do you like I mean the whole thing actually, because I've never been to one. So I was just yeah. like, like, I have so many questions. And then yeah, this is perfect. So yeah, that is what this episode is all about. I feel like I don't even have to give a whole new introduction to the interview because I pretty much said everything that needs to be said to Glendon. This conversation is with my friend, Micah Carney. It is all about therapy, about counseling. Uh, Originally, I just wanted to talk to her about the boundaries that we need to have as just friends and family who want to be supportive to someone who's going through a hard time. Like, when do we need to be aware of crossing the line and not going too far, you know, cause there's a line between, you know, you're not someone's therapist. If you're just their friend, that's a different role. So originally I just wanted to talk about that, but the conversation grew into something so much larger about why anyone would go to therapy, how to find a therapist, how to know if one is good for you. And um, we touch all sorts of topics around counseling, around therapy. I really feel like the information in this interview is incredibly important. And so I'm so excited I get to share this with you. This is my conversation with Micah Carney. I am here with my friend, Micah Carney. Micah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Micah, you are a LPC? Is that LMSW. What, you what? LMSW. LMSW. What is that Licensed Master of Social Work. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then wait, so wait, what is the difference? Okay. I guess social work is different from counseling. Right. So with social work, you can do counseling, but you can, in addition, work in a lot of different fields. And I guess LPC can too, as well, licensed professional counselor. But that's like solely what you're doing. Yeah. LPC is you're doing counseling. With social work, I might be doing therapy. I might also be working in a school. I might be working in a hospital or something of that sort. So... So, Which is a wider range. We have known each other for a very long time, yeah. so I feel like I can be honest with you about this. I should probably do this with more people, <clears throat> uh, but I haven't yet. I need to tell you that 
anytime I talk to someone who is a licensed person in the counseling field, I get so insecure, what? especially when I interview them. Okay. Because I feel like a fool. I feel like I'm just so scared of what I'm going to say that I'm going to sound dumb because it feels like because this happened recently because I talked to somebody who is a professional counselor and I was asking them questions and the whole time it kind of felt like I played with model trains and they were a real life train conductor and it was me going like, I like trains and I felt very stupid. So I need to say that up front okay. that I know that it is possible that I could get insecure while we have this conversation. But because we've known each other for a long time and you're one of the kindest people I know, mm -hmm. I'm not too scared about it. Okay. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't but be scared. I wanted to talk to you about the limits of being there for someone as a friend and understanding the boundaries that we need to have because we are not licensed counselors like mm -hmm. most people are not and when we might like overstep that boundary and when it would be better to be like hey that's above my pay grade maybe it would be a good time to see a counselor mm -hmm. which like i don't even know where to begin like thinking about that because there there is there does have to come a point where that is there is a line, right? You would right. say that there would be a line? Well, yeah, sure. And being a friend and being a counselor are two totally different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. There are two different roles that you're right. trying to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So as a friend, you want me to... Go, go for it. Get, get into it. Okay. So I guess... If I had a friend, and as a licensed professional, there's still times where I'm like, okay, this is this is past, like I this is past my own boundary, you know, like I wouldn't give therapy to one of my friends because oh. I'm not their therapist. So yeah, even though you are licensed in this way, if it's just a friend to friend, it's like mm, I can't jump into that other role. Right? No, you really can't because it's it's extremely unethical. It really is. Oh shoot! I've I you they tell you that. Don't try to diagnose your family and friends. Don't try to counsel your family and friends. Is that a hard thing not to do? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, grad school, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, that's my aunt. That's my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's almost impossible. Isn't the thing, to. I hear with, like, medical students that there's a thing when you're in medical school that when you get your textbooks, you think that you have all of the problems. Like, you start diagnosing yourself with everything. Did you do that? Or is it more just, like, with family and friends? Or are you reading it like uh oh this might be me well i guess i just don't think i have that many mental problems but, <laughs> but honestly it is extremely therapeutic to go through a, a graduate program because you kind of use yourself as a guinea pig yeah. so you know you're doing your own genograms and you're doing your own Ooh, what's kind a of genogram uh, oh gosh well it's um it's a big poster that you make kind of talking about your family what kind of issues your family members have had that have affected you like oh. what are you have to do like all these different kinds of exercises that you would use on a client but you're doing it for yourself so you're kind of already like self-aware it's a lot of self-awareness that yeah. you learn during that time so um if you have issues, they kind of want you to get them out before you're going to have counter-transference issues with your clients in the future. Ooh, what is that term? <laughs> so, uh, counter-transference is if we were in therapy and you start sharing something with me and it triggers me personally. Yeah. That's really unhealthy for a therapeutic relationship. So you want to be aware of what those things are going to be before you get into practice because... You might have something come up that you're like, oh, yeah, I had that trauma, too. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be the best person to be this therapist. You were the first person. person to tell me about this idea that I didn't even think about. Because in my mind, like, I guess it was just very naive to think <laughs> that, like, every person fits every counselor. Like, you just need to find oh, a counselor. No. Just go find a person no. to sit in a room with. But, like, no. Like, you as the client can say this is not the right relationship for me but also the therapist can say mm -hmm. listen dog i am not the guy for you because yeah. it might be like oh you were have you know an abusive relationship that is this specific as a child and i got something similar and 
I am not going to be able to be the one to walk you through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely think, I mean, that's why I feel bad for some people that say, yeah, I tried counseling once and it wasn't for me. And I'm like, you might've just had a really crappy therapist. You might've just had a bad experience with the wrong person. I mean, not that you should go counselor shopping because really the, the goal of a counselor is to reflect. Like it's not about us in any type of way, but sometimes that does happen. You know, yeah. people, therapists get burned out. They're human beings just like everyone else. And so sometimes you feel that. Like, I've had to go, like, I've had to say, hey, this I this therapist is not going to work for me. And also, as a therapist, trying to go to therapy, I'm like, oh, you're doing that on me, huh? Yeah. Like, I, that's very, very difficult. And you've, like, because I, I remember you telling me about that, trying to go to counseling or trying to go to therapy and, and knowing a lot of the techniques and stuff, like you would be honest with them and be like, listen, dude, <laughs> I know this part, what you're yeah, trying to do. You're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That definitely happens a lot. And that's the thing is you want to get as honest as possible, as raw, as yeah. authentic. That's where the real work starts. You know, if you're going in there with all these preconceptions or, and people have nerves and in all kinds of things, it just, it, it can really affect how well you do with it or how much it helps you. That was one of the things. So we went to the same college and at this university, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you had uh, a free counseling center that you could use. Mm -hmm. And I tried to use it, but it didn't really work out well for me simply because the counselors like worked at the school. So I would see my counselor in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. and like, I don't want, like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want my counselor to be a real person to me. Like you said, like I want it to be someone who like reflects and like, I want it to be someone who, when I go into that room with you, that is the only place that you exist. And I can throw up all my thoughts, all my feelings, all my anger, all my frustration. I can get it all out in this very safe room and just, there are no consequences of me pulling it out of myself in this room. But then I would like do that. And then I would go to the lunch and I'd be sitting at a table <laughs> and I would see him and I'd be like, Oh, you're seeing me sit with the people that I just told you about. Like, yeah, no, 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 you definitely. shouldn't see this. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I definitely understand. And if they are licensed professionals, which they are at the school, um, you know, they have the same type of boundaries and, and, right. Yeah, he's not going to come up. Regulations. He'd be like, hey, that was a great session earlier. No, he's (laughs) not supposed to pretend he knows That's the girl you were talking about, huh? Yeah, no, that should not happen. No, no, no. You uh, you never did. But it's more of, I get from where you're coming from of just being like, you are a human. There's no way you're not thinking and connecting the dots here. Like, I I do get that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not always easy to find the right fit for for either part sometimes so like what like okay if somebody is going to counseling and and they're going for a first session is there are there things that they should be looking for in that like like how do i know if this is the right counselor for me i would think honestly a first session would be a good time to i mean i would if you have a bad experience, if it's a really bad experience, one is enough. But if you're kind of just uncomfortable with the entire idea of counseling, give it a few sessions and oh, okay. see how you sit in. But, you know, they're going to do consents with you. They're going to talk, um, kind of just get to know you a little bit, build some rapport. You, what you really want to look for is this therapist talking about themselves in any way. That's a red flag. Really? I, Absolutely. Also, are they telling you what to do? Are they giving you advice? Those are things that counselors should not be doing. Yeah. That's where a friend comes in. That's where a pastor comes in. That's where, you know, these other types of entities come in. But your counselor should not be influencing you in any way as an individual. Because, like, the idea of those sessions is to help you get to the solution on your own. Yeah, because if you're relying on your therapist, you're never going to get out of therapy. You're never going to know what to do on your own. The right. whole point, it's like, teach a man to fish. He can fish for his whole life kind of thing. And and counseling is good for anyone to talk to. Someone that doesn't know anything about your situation that's just there for you. That's really healthy for, not a lot of people have that just in 
common everyday life. Yeah, and 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 the other thing that I learned from you is that going to a counselor doesn't have to be like a lifetime commitment that you're making, but like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm I'm going through a difficult season or I have to make some tough decisions. You go and it might be for a couple of months. And right. once that is resolved, all right, thank you very much. I will see you next time something goes terrible in my life. But Absolutely. like they're trying to work themselves out of the job mm-hmm. by getting you to because yeah, I always thought that just is this is just like I will if I go to a therapist, I will see them every week until the day I die. Yeah, no, that's not the that's not the goal of therapy either. I mean, you should have a treatment plan. You should say, hey, what are our goals? Like, what do you want to accomplish in the next six or twelve weeks or however long? You know, and they, you know, sometimes they'll recommend, okay, I think you're doing good. Like maybe we could do every other week now or something. Like the goal is to get you weaned off to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. you know, set you up for a more healthy future and have the coping skills and things that you learn in therapy yeah. um, to better help with new things. But new things come up all the time. I mean, life takes a lot of turns that you're not expecting. And so, I mean, I, I've gone to counseling for everything from um, when I was graduating from graduate school. I didn't know what to do afterward. Um, my parents divorced. Like, it just depends what's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very like self-aware that, okay, maybe I need to talk to someone and, and I've had good, I've had good and bad experiences. And that's what I feel like that is so tough if somebody is not comfortable even with the idea of going to a counselor and if they try it once and it's really bad Mm, that's sad and then how do you like how do you get how do you convince someone that it's worth trying again you know, and, and that it's not, this is not reflect mm-hmm. all of counseling, but that could just be that one person. You said it perfectly, honestly, just that you might have just had a not so great therapist or a not so great connection with that therapist, or maybe they were having countertransference with you and you didn't know what was going on. Um, I would just say, try a different therapist, try a different ca- counseling agency. Um, that's what I would suggest. Yeah, I think it would be the same sort of thing that you would tell somebody who, if you're a Christian and someone tells you that they've been hurt by a church, mm-hmm. that like, well, it, it could just be that church or that pastor or, you know, just that that doesn't represent all churches, that the, right. there could be a one that is a better fit for you or a healthier one or whoever, who knows yeah. what the problem might be. And I wouldn't even use that you know, as a comparison of, I mean, the whole point is you're connecting with God in a church and sometimes you're not able to get to that avenue. It's the same thing in counseling. You're really trying to connect with yourself. You're trying. Oh, <laughs> dang, yeah. Yeah, in the church you're trying to connect with God and there could be things getting in the way of that. And mm-hmm. in counseling, you're trying to connect with yourself. You're not trying to connect with the counselor. Right. That's why they're reflecting. There you go. Bam, bam. That's yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah, so that's and, a good way to look and, at it. And that makes sense of why if the counselor is talking about themselves all the time, then that's distracted. No, I'm trying to get to myself. Mm-hmm. Quit talking about you. I want to exactly. I want to talk to me. Exactly. You're trying to gain self-awareness. Yeah. You know, why am I struggling with this? Why am I dealing with this? Why can't I think like and that's the crazy thing is so many people hide all these things and keep them in their head and that's where they have all the power, you know? And that's a lot like your book, actually. <laughs> but um, it's so true that just getting those things out and just realizing, like, you're not alone yeah. and you're not crazy. Like, you're just struggling with something that's something that we all go through. Yeah. Multiple yeah, yeah. times. Your whole life. <laughs> so, because um, I, I, I know times when I've been, like, really in my head about certain things, like, even... Um, having suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and, and that I've reached out to you and talked to you about it and even just me saying it out loud, number one, and then having you, when you heard what I said, like, it was just as simple as you asked me, like, do you really want to die? Mm-hmm. And like, in my mind, I could rationalize it. And yes, this makes sense. This makes perfect sense that this is what I want to do. But then having someone ask me that question... And it was like, yeah, you were like reflecting back to me my own thought and and like I'm seeing it from a different perspective. And like I had to like actually wrestle with the answer. And I was like, I mean, part of me, I I guess, but not really. And 
oh, like, I don't know. That that was just, that that was so helpful. And so, like, in, in that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that is one thing I, that was something that really intimidated me when I was in graduate school was suicidal ideation. I was like, how am I going to talk to someone like that? And, and my, one of my professors was saying, you have to really focus on the ambivalence. Like what is like one thing that they can say that they would want to live for or something that they hope for to happen in the future that's not impossible. You know, focus on something like that because if you can, then you can build up on that later. But that whole feeling of, you know, if you think everything's hopeless and everything's gone and I'm my life, I mean, I have, I've struggled with those thoughts too. And really, I mean, you can use this or not because it's kind of raw, but I thought I could kill myself any day. I could do it tomorrow. I could do it in a week. I could do it in a month, but I won't know what happens past that. So if you can just hang in there because life is not good or bad forever, it's going to go like up and down, up and down, up and down. That's just the way that it is. So if you can just freaking hang on, hang in there, something good will happen. Some release will happen. Some encouragement will happen. And, and that's, that's the way I encourage myself and how I try to encourage others too. So what about looking for a counselor? Like for somebody who is brand new to this idea, it can seem kind of intimidating of like, how do I even start? Like, what am I, what, what do I, do I just Google <laughs> counselor? And then do I just p pick the first thing that pops up? Like what, what, what are we looking for when we're searching for a counselor? Um, I would say licensed, make sure that they're licensed, um, so that professionals, like LPC, LMSW, LCSW, um, LMFAO, <laughs> yeah. the band, the band. Yeah. yeah. They're great. <laughs> um, I, they reflect me back to me. I'm sure that they do. Yeah. yeah they're great. <laughs> so, so you, you want to look for like an L next to their name, like yes. one of, one of those acronyms. I would definitely look for a licensed professional. Why is that important? <laughs> oh man, you got me going. Okay. Yeah, I know that this is a, a, a passionate subject for you. It is because I see the value in pastoral counseling and there's life coaches and all different kinds of things out there. But I do also think in certain you know, if I was someone that didn't know anything about counseling and I went to a life coach to help me with suicidal ideation or trauma, that is the wrong person to go see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So someone that has had the education, the training, the background, you know, they have, and then again, you still get some loonies every <laughs> once in a while that are licensed, but you have a better chance of getting someone that actually knows what they're doing and they also um yeah training as well as like they've had to do a several like a lot of hours so they yes. have the experience and also i remember you talking about like there's a level of accountability mm -hmm. because like in order to keep your license there's absolutely there's a lot more practices that you have to make sure that you follow whereas a life coach could be like i'm moving in with you yeah exactly or like exactly. some yeah wildly inappropriate yeah. thing that would not actually help yeah you mess up as a licensed professional you're gonna lose your job you're gonna lose your license and um there is that level of accountability definitely and also another thing to look for is like specializations so you know if you had a child that needed therapy look for someone that can do play therapy like they should list it on their website website, you know, they might have gone to a training session of two weeks for a certain type of therapy or uh, trauma or something like that. So I would look for what I was dealing with on that website or whatever yeah. they have posted. Um, and then also, if you go on a website and they one person posts like 100 different things that they're specializing in, that's a red flag for me. There's no way that you can't you, be specialized no, in everything. No, like you might have had, you know, trauma, divorce, exactly, woodworking, exactly, uh, animal husbandry, right? All different kinds of things. So uh, that would be a red flag for me. But um, you know, a good handful of things that um, there. There's also different types of theories about how to do therapy, and that's a whole another thing. But um, yeah, you just want to look for someone that can suit your needs and if you're a christian you know 
there are Christian counselors out there that are helpful. Again, you know, sometimes in my own therapy, I've gone to Christian counselors and we don't talk about religion because it's not what the topic of the day is. But having someone with that background makes me feel better because they I feel like they understand me yeah. better. You know, but the, yeah. I, and then I guess the risk. The risk that you would face with that, if, if they're bad, mm-hmm. would be that as your verbally dumping everything that they would be like, ah, but Proverbs 31, you know, or like instead of, you know, not letting you reflect yourself, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, but whatever you're saying or whatever, which I feel like. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, and then you've talked to me, I've learned from you about, um, uh, sliding scale because a lot of people say, uh, counseling or therapy, it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. I could never go. And to that, you would say? There's a sliding scale. There's <laughs> there's scholarships. I mean, there, people want people to get help. And so if you go somewhere and you're like, listen, I don't have any money or I'm struggling and I really feel like I need help, you know, they're going to say, they're, they're going to try to work with you. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be like, oh, you don't have $350. Well, there's the door. Like, right. that that shouldn't happen. And, and a lot of insurances, I mean, I have some cheap insurance and I, it takes my coverage. It's only like $7 a session. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, but sliding scale. So like it can, it can, it doesn't have to be a set price. Like right. they, they can work with you. Right. Based on your income. So if you're making a hundred grand a year, yeah, you're going to pay the full price. Yeah. But if you make, you know, 12 grand a year, okay, maybe your session could be as cheap as free. You know, it just depends. Yeah. So that's definitely something to ask about if you're worried about financing it. I once had an experience with a counselor that in the moment I felt ridiculous, but later I laughed about it a lot was that I was like, I was ready to go to a counselor. I was Uh like prepared. I knew what I needed help with. And it's like, I could follow the thread of like, here's what originally happened, which led me to this, which led to this, which is why I'm in this situation now. Now let's work on it. And not like, like I want to cut through the get to know me. Like, let me give you the backstory the like previously on Taylor Johnson so that we can like deal with the thing. So like, this is my first time meeting with this counselor. It was this very nice lady and I go to her office and she's like, what can I help you with? And I was like, well, and I go on a spiel for like 10 minutes. And I was like, cause I said like, I was ready for this. So I got like deep fast and I was like very vulnerable in revealing things about myself that I do not reveal to most people. And I'm (laughs) like, and this happened and which makes me think this and this, and that's why I really want to work on this. And like 10 minutes later and that. And then she was like, okay, well, I am not the counselor to help you with that. And I was like, no! Oh, God. <laughs> she was like, well, let me refer you to someone else. And I was like, wow. okay, all right. I probably shouldn't have gone That's all that way. That's good, though. No, it was great. Yeah. But what stunk was, she was like, I'm not going to charge you for this session, but is there anything else I can help you with? And then I started talking about another issue, and then she was just like trying to give me advice. And I was like, oh, I don't want this. Stop. Let's. let's. She was like talking to me about John Maxwell, and I was like, all right. Okay. I'm, I, I, I should go now. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm glad she had a, enough awareness to send you in a different direction if she wasn't going. But even that unloading that you did, yeah. did that not somewhat make you feel a little bit lighter? And not only that, like, it made me feel like, the, so the next time I talked about even a piece of that, it was easier. Like, mm-hmm. it's always that first time talking about something yeah. that is so difficult and like, when it was depression or suicidal thoughts or different things like that first time I was like, this is risky. And then the second time it's like, well, this isn't as risky. And now mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. Like that stuff, you know, with depression and, and suicidal thoughts, like it just, it flows out of me like without even thinking about like how risky, right. but like, yeah, the, the more I've shared it, the easier it is to share it. And the more I share it, like when there have been times where, those thoughts come up again, like, and I've called you or talked to other friends, like Mm -hmm. those phone calls were a lot easier to make because of that first time of like opening up and talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. But okay. So what about as a friend to someone? Because like you said, like this is a different role Mm -hmm. that you are playing. Mm. So how, how do I make sure that as a friend or even as a pastor, or as someone in ministry, as someone discipling people that after a service, someone might start talking to me or even just somebody like a friend of mine um, starts talking to me. How do I make sure I 
keep those relationships the way that they're supposed to be. Right. Well, it's it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with someone being dependent on you. And that was something I actually learned a lot when we were in college is it's extremely selfish of us as a friend or as a professional to want people to need you. Yeah. No one should need me to survive. I mean, that's that should be us going toward God, you know? Yeah. Or in therapy, finding that strength and those answers within yourself. And so that's something I think about a lot as, is this person being extremely reliant on me by sharing these things? Are they going to need me in the future? Because that's not the goal. So if it's getting so heavy you know, there's 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 nothing like having a friend that you can say anything to. Yeah. They don't judge you, and there's that's invaluable, and that is a personal connection. Your therapist, you're not going to have a personal friendship connection. You shouldn't. They should really just be like an entity there. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. a mirror coming back to you. So that's the appropriate setting, and also people deal with some dark things that, as a friend, I think that. If you look inside yourself, you're going to be like, okay, this is a little bit, I don't know what to say. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, with saying, listen, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. You know, I, maybe we can try to find someone that can, you know, I'm always here for you. Tell me anything you want, you know, but I think this is something that maybe you should look for some help for yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that you know trying to norm I guess normalize that as much as possible but I think um, trauma you know suicide really heavy like sexual abuse or physical you know all yeah. those things um, more than likely someone needs to walk through a professional with something like that yeah I know? I know that the I, I feel like the the trap that I fall into most easily is I can be the sounding board. Like I will just be the person who sits here while you vomit up all the th thoughts and stuff, which like can be healthy and can be good, mm -hmm. but that only takes you so far like that. You won't find like healing and restoration and like, I don't know, recovery just sure. from that because like, the, You'll be encouraged yeah, for sure. The, yeah. The, the the counselor, the therapist is reflecting you, but they're also doing it strategically. Exactly. You're with, doing deep calculated work. Yeah, yeah. With like the perfect question or the perfect exercise that like I, I, yeah, you talking to me without me trying to give you advice mm -hmm. because if I'm giving you advice, then you need me. And I'm just listening like, yeah, that only gets you so far. Right. But then I feel like people feel like, I've done it. It's like I did the thing I needed to do. It's like yeah. oh, that's that's all, that's part of it. And I feel I feel the same way of like, wow, I was the best friend that that person could have had in yeah. that moment. And it feels good to be a good friend. Yeah. It, it does feel good to have someone feel better after talking to you. Yeah. And honestly, as a friend, I give advice sometimes. Like yeah. I'm I'm your friend and you're being stupid. Like and <laughs> you did that to me. Yeah, when, exactly. And it kind of caught me off guard at first when I was like talking about uh, suicidal thoughts that, that one time. Was like you were like Come on, Taylor, you know, and I was like ah, but, but like <laughs> it was it was right in that moment because like you know me and you know me well enough to know when to listen and when to speak up. Mm -hmm. I think I said it's silly. I said you're being silly <laughs> or something like that. And I think I was being silly. But um, yeah, like I would never as a therapist be like, hey, you're being silly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> just, I just make sure you say that to like a middle aged man like, who's hey, like crying. <laughs> Hey, why are you being so silly? <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. But um, yeah, it, it's totally in two different roles. And I think as a friend, like if you look inside yourself, you're going to know. You're going to be like, it's a little bit above my, my yeah. friend grade. And also, um, yeah, there's just things. And, and usually it's things that are coming up because they're affecting your life. They're affecting either how you think or how you make decisions or your know, relationships or whatever it might be that sometimes you just need a, a little extra and that's okay. Like I feel like almost everyone could benefit from therapy yeah. <laughs> at some point in their lives, if not multiple times, because things go down. They happen. Things go <laughs> down. Yeah. That's do. so true. Dang. 
That's so beautiful. <laughs> this is so helpful. This is really great. Great. Good. You did so good, Michael. Aw, thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much for doing this. This is fun. Absolutely. Blast. Bye. Bye. And now for the final segment of the episode, returning champ Danny Barrera is back once again. She has been on probably the most episodes besides me and Glendon, obviously, uh, because she's always a delight. She's always so much fun. This one is the most silly I think we've ever been together. This is an incredibly silly segment. When Danny and I sat down to try to figure out a theme song to the podcast. Uh, I'm here with Danny Barrera. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm doing great today. Um, we've talked in the past about, uh, uh, we've talked in the past. Yes. Yes, we have. Good night. See you later. <laughs> Bye, guys. Just wanted to let you guys know that we... No, I'm going to start over. Hello, everyone. I... Nope. I am here with Danny Barrera. Hello, Danny. How are you? Hello there. I'm uh, well. Good. Good to know. Um, we've talked in the past about the possibility of maybe creating a theme song mm. for the podcast. Yes. This podcast, the Taylor Johnson podcast. You have an instrument right in front of you right now. I sure do. There it is. That's what it sounds like. It's a xylophone. Just kidding. It's a keyboard. It's a little bitty keyboard. And funny story about this keyboard. You gave it to me. I did? You did. Wait, when? This, what? I think it was like 2012 or 13. It was in basement of Collins. And I said, can I have this? And you said, yeah, sure. I don't think I had the authority you. to, I know, but I don't think I had the authority to do that, but you but did. I did it though. And yeah. now you have it. I do. It's th this thing is seriously so cool. Um, it, it can't do a lot, but it can do what it needs to. Hey, <laughs> you know what? That's all you could ask for in a friend yep. and in a keyboard. Yep. This, this Yamaha here, the Yamaha stereo Porta sound. Mm, the stereo porta sound. Yes, that's what it's called. So, okay, theme song. It's got it. Let's 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 brainstorm. Okay. Uh, some of the things that are going to be important for a theme song. I feel like a theme song, in and of itself, has to be catchy enough to where when someone hears, they're like, "Oh, that's the theme song from blah 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 blah." Yes, 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 you yes, know? yes, yes. So Th there's some. Yeah, it's it's catchy. It's familiar. It gets stuck in your head. Yes. It's immediately recognizable. I'm sorry, I'm just burping. <laughs> it's immediately recognizable. Yes. These are important. I think I think it should be especially for the show. Like, okay, if this song is going to represent the show it needs to be like fun some upbeat yes it's gonna be like and that's exciting what I, that's what i was working around with i was like when i think of taylor what do i think of i think what of, do you think of um i don't know i think of like peppy and fun peppy and, le pew yes. i think of him always going after cats that are <laughs> disguised as skunks yes that's very much the first thing I think of. No, I, I don't know. I just think of something like upbeat and fun and um, I don't know, just a, a catchy little ditty. Maybe a little quirky. Maybe, yeah. a little, maybe a little offbeat. Yeah. A little quirky. A little quirky a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, is this going to throw a wrench in? What about lyrics? Oh, you want lyrics? Oh, I think I want a little bit of lyrics. Okay, we can do that. So just, just it could just be as simple as lyrics are easy to come up with, in my opinion. Wow, the lyrics are not the hard the part. Music the music is the is hard part. The hard part, at okay. least for me. Every musician is different. For okay. me, the music is what does not come naturally, mm. and I have to try. You could slap some words together, and it and it be good. Yeah, but those notes. Yeah, the notes, and because when I. Like I said, when I think of a theme song, I want something that is one good, yeah. two catchy, you know, and everything. Nothing's, what new, is nothing's new under the sun. You oh, know? wow. That's from the Bible. Yes. What, uh, what's a good theme song to you in your mind? 
Um, also, I love that I'm treating you like you're an expert in theme songs. Like oh, this thank is you. what you studied in school. Um, what yes, is what's what's a good one? Um, Best theme songs. Called JG Wentworth. <laughs> <laughs> Send some cash now. That's not a theme it's song. my money and I need it now. That's a jingle for a commercial. Jingle theme song to me, they're interchangeable. No, 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 no. These are different things. Okay. My dear. A jingle. Okay, theme song like. Family Matters. Yeah, okay. Like Full House. Like another one. (laughs) I can't even think of what. Um. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think of like the theme song to one of my newly favorite shows, Broad Sidley, Broad City, Broad Sidley, Broad Sidley, um, Broad City. It's very simple and it's, dunk, 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 you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, catchy, not fast. a lot of words in there, theme songs these days. Yeah. There's no words in that one. Yeah. But Stranger every time things. I hear it. I know that that's what that is. And same yeah. thing, Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know what I mean? But no words. Yeah, no, like, no words. It's the things they're stranger than before and yeah. they're here <laughs> in the town and the girl has no hair. Yeah. Theme songs need words again. Okay. Well, if that's what you want. We're bringing it back, y'all. Then that is what you get. We're starting a movement. We're starting a revolution. It is... Uh, the most important thing that I've ever been a part of is uh, lyrics to theme songs. Yes. Gilligan's Island. Oh, yeah. That was back in the day when the theme song had to tell you everything about the show that you're about to watch. Right. It was these, backstory yeah, for everything. Just to catch you up, here are these characters, here's what they're doing, and yeah. they're married. Well, I think they do that so that it doesn't have to be someone that is continually invested in a show. They right. can just... Pick up wherever yeah. the show is. Yeah. All you got to know is some people are on an island. Or Brady Bunch, all you got to know is there's way too many kids and they're mm-hmm. married. Yep. Hmm. She's a lovely lady, you know? And Alice. A man named Brady. Oh, Alice. She was raising three girls on her own. He had three boys of his own, you know? All right. So, okay. Do you want to... Um, what do you... Wh- I mean, I don't really know what key you want to be in, but this is my comfortable singing key. So okay, great. Hey, let's key. hang out in that key. Um, I love this key. It's my favorite. So from a musical standpoint, yes, you want to start off uh-huh. with something like, in my opinion, I would start off on the five mm. of the... Oh, you don't know. No, the five. Okay. Yeah, I love the five. He loves the five. Okay. So my favorite is actually the 20 uh, from when you go to a movie theater and they play the 20. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. No, no, I'm no. I like spout, this. I'm just spouting. Okay. Stuff what off. would be some lyrics to this? It's about the Taylor Johnson podcast. Well, it's time for the Taylor Johnson podcast once more. Now, now slow it down. Slow it down a lot. Okay. Make it spooky now. What if this is a scary podcast? Now sing it like a witch. <laughs> um, it's time for the Taylor Johnson Uh, yeah okay that's spooky we can use that for halloween no that's good it's time for the taylor johnson podcast now sit back and give me your blood i like that well you said witch that's the first thing i think of no witches want your blood absolutely now people know what type of podcast this is it's time for the taylor johnson podcast sit back and give me your blood now, let's think of what other styles, what what else is there? Um, <laughs> you did the bum 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 and for me to start and I was too scared. Hey, everybody, it's the Taylor Johnson podcast and it's the best show around. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gather your ears and put them towards the ground. That's where you'll hear that Taylor's coming down the road. He's here and he's gonna have lots of fun and he's covered in spiders. I don't know why I'm still in Halloween mode. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty bad. Well, look, we'll keep working on it. We'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll workshop it and we're gonna find the perfect theme song. Okay. But I think it might have to be sung by a witch. Okay. I I don't know any, but I probably could find one. Yeah, I I think I know how to find some. I genu I mean, Chelsea knows witches. Oh, that's right. Chelsea knows a witch. Chelsea knows witches. I wanna meet a witch. I want to talk to a witch about what it's like to be like a legit, like a real life witch, not like a fake uh, Halloween witch. But I want to I want to talk to a witch. What's it like to be a witch? Chelsea knows witches in high and low places. High witches. Not high witches, but yeah, witches in high places. Because they're on their brooms. All right. Thank you for helping me. You're welcome. I try. I hope I didn't weird you out by saying that I would like to meet a witch. I'm just being honest. I would like to meet a witch. I've never met one before. I would also like to meet a Satanist. Not, I'm not looking to join. I'm not looking to make any big changes in my life. I just have a lot of questions I'm very curious about of just like, what's the, hey, what's it like to worship Satan? I don't know. Or, I mean, there's a different type of Satanist as well. That's more of just like a selfish, like, uh, whatever you want to do, do it. It doesn't really have ties to do. Look, look, look. I don't have to explain Satanism to you. I'm not one. But if I ever meet one, I'll probably interview them for the podcast. So if you know one, hey, send them my way. What a weird ending. This got strange, and I'm sorry. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope uh, maybe from listening to that interview, there were one or two people that came to mind who you think could really benefit from hearing that interview as well. Please share this podcast. Share it with somebody. That would mean the world to me. I don't spend any money on advertising because obviously I don't have the money to spend on advertising. So the only way that this podcast grows is through word of mouth. And I am so honored that you have continued to listen, that you have shared it with anyone at all. That is huge. I'm so thankful. Thank you for sticking around. Um, I want to thank uh, Micah and Danny and Glendon for being on the podcast I want to thank Lucky Star and Jordan Combs for the use of their songs. That's it. That's the end. Make sure you subscribe. You can still rate and review on iTunes. We'll be back in two weeks. Hang in there. You're doing great. We'll see you then. <laughs>